All right, welcome to another episode of Texans Unfiltered. I'm I'm John Wade. I am here. I can't believe I'm here. Um, unfortunately, James is going to be out this week. He had a little bit of something come up, but I am I'm lucky to be joined by Brian Lamb. Um, Brian, if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself, I know you're all over the place. Just give the listeners a, kind of a, a taste of where they can find you. Yeah, um, I uh, write for NFLDraftLounge.com. Um, at NFL Draft Lounge on Twitter, um, Brian Lamb underscore ISN on Twitter, um, part of Infinity Sports Network. And uh, from time to time, I also write for uh, Houston Sports Report. All right. Well, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about so we don't have to get right into the football? <laughs> I mean, have you seen any good movies? Is there any good TV shows? Have you seen Squid Game? Because apparently that's uh, it's amazing. Like I've been I, told by three people today separately that I need to watch the show. I, I haven't, but it's it's got to be better than what was on on Sunday. Yeah, um, it was rough. That was that was bad. That's. But, you know, that's kind of what I expected Davis Mills to be, right? Um, yeah, definitely. Out of college, limited starts. 2020, it was a shortened season because of the pandemic. He didn't have a lot of experience. That's, that's what you expect, right? A good defense going up against an inexperienced quarterback. Disguise different coverages, give them different looks. Confuse them. That's what you get. And I mean, you know, granted, the weather wasn't great, but you, you you can move the ball down the field, and they weren't able to. Yeah, that that. Full disclosure: I'm a South Carolina alumnus, so it's not the worst football game I've ever seen. I've I've had the unique pleasure of watching Gamecock football for the past right ten plus years, so fifteen years. Um, so I've seen horrible football. <laughs> I have seen really bad football. I have seen football where I'm not even sure that we even watched any of the game because we just drank the whole time. Yeah. This Texans game, though, it's not the worst football I've ever seen, but it is definitely the worst professional game I've ever seen. And first and foremost, I'm, I'm not mad at Davis Mills at all. Like, he is what he is. Like, mm-hmm. we don't even know what he is at this point. Bad situation for him. He's a rookie quarterback. He's a developmental quarterback. And he shouldn't be the only viable quarterback on the roster at this point. Like, that's not his fault. There should have been somebody else that could play or somebody else that they could have put in at some point. Jeff Driscoll does not count. He he could probably play tight end or running back. He may be more efficient than any of the running backs we currently have on the roster. Right. So this isn't me already casting judgment on Davis Mills. Um, I don't know what type of player he's going to be in his NFL career. I'm not, I'm still not ready to go down and say that he's Nathan Peterman or Tom Savage or any of those generic backup quarterbacks that never work out that everybody has their hopes in. I mean, he may be, I mean, he's still, maybe that's definitely, definitely on the table, especially when you have a game that bad for him to not ever get better. But at the same time, he was a developmental prospect. Yeah he should not be starting this early in his career unless the team has committed to absolutely tanking for the year. If the team really truly felt like we were just going to, you know, blow this year off, then he should have started from day one to see what they had in him. 
but they came out with Tyrod. They came out, they looked very competitive. Like the offense under Tyrod looked functional, looked well coached, looked creative. And Tyrod gets hurt. And all that goes out the window. And mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a just a grasp that Davis Mills has for the ops for the offense. I don't know if that's the if Tim Kelly designed this offense for Deshaun Watson, which he probably did, and then he could just slide Tyrod Taylor in. That's a pretty much a one-to-one fit. And he just hadn't thought about having a traditional pocket passer. He hadn't really spent the offseason planning for a traditional dropback passer. And if that's so, that's a little bit on him, and that's a little bit on Nick Casario, and that's a little bit of how they went about roster building. Again, to put Davis Mills in a situation that he's gonna have to he's gonna need plus play calling. He's gonna need guys schemed open. I mean, essentially what Davis Mills had shown at this point is he can throw it to Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Right. That is literally it. He can barely throw a screen pass, but he can throw it to Brandon Cooks. And the Bills shut down Brandon Cooks, so no offense whatsoever. And there was no secondary option. Like, there wasn't another receiver to go to. We can't run the ball. This is part of the, part of the, reason, part of the reason that I didn't want Tim Kelly back as an offensive coordinator. I know we got super excited about Tim Jelly at the beginning of the year, but he hadn't shown that he's been able to put together a, an offense with a coherent run, rushing attack. Right. He just hasn't. I mean – and I don't know whose call it was last year to stick with David Johnson as much as they did, but David Johnson, it was not, shouldn't have been used as a bell callback. If that was on Kelly, on the running back coach, on Rack or Bill O'Brien or whomever, or if it was just this refusal to say that we absolutely lost that trade. But then you come in and you don't really upgrade that position at all. Um, Mark Ingram, I was actually, I thought he was actually a cut candidate coming out of training camp. I thought that. There's a real. I know everybody was really high on Philip Lindsay, and I get that he had a couple of plus, he had a couple of plus years in, in Denver, mm-hmm. but the fact that Denver was able to let him walk showed a lot to me. So it wasn't like putting all your your bags or your all your eggs in one basket. Rex Burkett's over the hill. We already talked about David Johnson, the only the only young running back that we have um, is Scotty Phillips, and he doesn't even get to touch the get to touch the ball. So. Again, we didn't have a plan. I don't feel like we really had a plan for running the ball. And as much age as there is there and as much past production as there is at the running back position, like year in, year out, you see it through every other team and not every other team, but most functional teams in the league. I don't mean this as a disrespect to any running backs because they're all phenomenal athletes, but running backs are replaceable. In this day and age, you don't build your position around it. Right. I'm sorry, man. I'm I'm, I'm just I'm just venting at this. No, I I get it. Yeah. No, I mean. I, yeah. Well, and so I pulled up my scouting report for Davis Mills, in in preparation for this. And with every one of my scouting reports, I always do three things that I like about a prospect and three things that I dislike about a prospect. Number one thing that I disliked about Davis Mills was inaccurate throws under pressure. Right. When the pocket collapses and you have to move around, navigate a dirty pocket, you know, just just create things on your own. And and he can't do it right They're They're, they're inaccurate throws. And that's what you saw on Sunday with what four interceptions. Right. And yeah, I mean, you can say some of them weren't his fault, 
but he's got to get better. And my, my biggest thing is that the front office spent all this time scouting these prospects, right? And including Davis Mills. If I found it on tape, they've got to be able to find it on tape, right? And they've got to be able to put him in those situations to, to let him thrive and succeed. And that's what they weren't able to do. Right. And so, I mean, I don't know if that's an inexperienced head coach not being able to, to, you know, make that decision or if it's the, the offensive play calling Tim Kelly, whatever it's, you've, you've got to know your strengths, but you've also got to know your weaknesses and you've got to play towards that. And it just looked like it was a, like it was poorly coached from, from, whistle to whistle i mean it was it that's it was bad like i, I mean, mean it it was beginning to creep up a little bit me on me in the carolina game and i even thought this at points during the offseason i don't think davis mills was even drafted to be the backup quarterback yeah. i think tyrod taylor was actually signed to be the backup quarterback i think that they legitimately were going to make deshaun play mm -hmm. like they were going to they were going to hardball him if it wasn't for all the, yeah, all the accusations. Right. But the problem is, once that was decided that they didn't want him to play anymore, they never pivoted. There yeah. should have been another quarterback on this roster. Well, the pivot was Ryan Finley. <laughs> and that, and, and even in the context of everything, that doesn't make sense. Like right. Ryan Finley, like right. Yeah. And then they pivot directly off him. And it's to Jeff Driscoll, who's shown nothing. Yeah. Other than he can may do well if he does a position change, because he's fairly athletic. Yeah. But maybe the worst quarterback I've ever seen throwing the ball. And that definitely says something as a Texans fan. Well, and, you know, as unorganized as they looked on Sunday, I think the argument can be made that they looked just as unorganized in the off season right? and for, for the season, whether it's from the draft to, to the roster, to, you know, what they were doing with, with the quarterback position and, and every other position, really. Um, I mean, it's, this isn't a winning roster. And, and quite frankly, I don't know if there's anybody on this roster that you can build around. I mean, it's, it's rough. It's bad. Like, I mean, I mean, you know, it's, it's start on the offensive line and, and you build out. Right. But I mean, even the offensive line is bad. So, you know, when, when you can't create running holes and you can't protect your quarterback and you can't, you know, give him a pocket to throw from and, you know, that's, that's where it starts. You know, it, 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 it doesn't necessarily start with a, you know, a quarterback being able to, you know, make three or four or five reads in a, on one play, you know, again, they've got to know their strength. They've got to know their weaknesses. You've, you've got to develop these quick plays to, to get that ball out of, of, of his hands and, you know, move it downfield, whether it's screens or it's, you know, short yardage throws or, or whatever. But I mean, it's. Like, well, it, I mean, I don't actually argue that. First off, I feel bad for Titus Howard. I mean, he showed yeah. plenty at ride tackle and I mm -hmm. don't really understand. I I'm trying. The only thing that makes sense in my mind for them to move him to left guard. Well, mm -hmm. I have one theory that I think is realistic. And one theory is kind of like a pipe dream. One is they want to get him used to playing on the left side of the ball, 
of the field. Yeah. They want them to get used to that side of the field so they can move them to left tackle. And it's used to be common practice that you draft a left tackle a, a year early, you let them play left guard, and then you move them out. And yeah. they're just delaying that with Titus Howard, which is frustrating. But you know what? That's par for the course for the Texans. Mm-hmm. The other thing that they may have seen is, you know, look at what Nelson did for Indianapolis. You get a, a really quality left guard. You can anchor a line. Maybe that also went through their head. I I just don't think that Tunsil is long for this team. Like he probably this offseason he's going to get char- traded. Like I, I this past offseason, I think that everything was just thrown into such flux because, yeah, we are actually with quality quarterback play that would have masked a lot of the issues this team has. Yeah. Last year, if we didn't have a historically bad defense, if we just had a kind of bad defense, we're a playoff team. And I think they almost have that mindset. And Lovey Smith, I mean, he's put together just a kind of bad defense. Like, I mean, they played their heart out. Like, they're not. They're better than if you, any of the talent that you look and see on that side of the ball. Like I will give, I, I'm surprised because I thought that Lovey Smith was, was I thought he was a bad hire. They're like everybody mm-hmm. knows the holes, holes and cover two at this point. Right. Like I could scheme up an offense to take advantage of the holes and cover two, especially without the personnel to play. Yeah. But you know what? They're playing over their heads, and they're playing way, way better than we. Could have ever expected so if you have deshaun watson masking a lot of the holes on the offense with that defense it's a playoff team not yep. a good playoff team not not a, it's almost that like almost where you where it was almost the joke about the texans being a fake playoff team for years like you win the afc south big deal well granted yep. we will always I, I mean after you miss the playoffs a couple of years you will go back to that in a heartbeat yeah but you have that and then you have your set to bring chance to bring in the youth well now they're gonna have to do a hard hard reset mm-hmm. and i think that they committed to that a little too late so that's part of the reason why i think that tunsil they moved money around but the hard reset is coming this offseason where they start just pulling in off any guys that have value like howard may stick around i think that brandon cook sticks around because he's still relatively young i mean he's 26 he's really young for a receiver yeah. um Sharping will stick around, but they're going to be in the market for another center. They're going to be in the market for another left guard. They're going to be in the market for another right tackle. So, yeah, there's still holes even on the offensive line where I'd say that's about the only place that they keep. I'm still beyond shocked that I'm just two off seasons in a row. I was like, they're going to get younger at running back, right? I can't continue to be wrong at that. Right? <laughs> They've got to bring in. Right. I mean, look, it, it's there's a lot of young talent every every year, right? At running back. And there there's guys that make an impact and you know that that you can certainly bring in and and have, you know, a a, a productive career. But it, it still it goes back to the offensive line, right? And that you've you've got to create running holes. And you know, we've seen it from Nick Casario already of trying to reset the market on, you know, some of the deals from uh, Jack Easterby and, and Bill O'Brien and, you know, of, of what they did. And so, yeah, I mean, naturally, you know, it, it's, something's got to happen with, with Larry Tunzel. Um, but, 
you know, it's I I don't know how you how you improve this team in in one off season, right? Oh no. Um, you know, uh, let, let's. I mean, you know, depending on on when Terod Taylor comes back, if if Davis Mills is out there for six or seven games, I I don't know if you can even win six games this this season, right? So you know. What, what does that look like next year? And, but, you know, when, when you look at it, I, I don't see this as a one or two year rebuild. I mean, this is a long-term project of completely dismantling a roster and trying to rebuild it. And it's, it's not easy. Um, you know, most teams are able to do it because you have pieces that you can build around. And quite frankly, there's nobody on this roster that I think any level-headed GM would build around. It's every every person on that 53-man roster is replaceable at this point. Oh, and definitely. That's, that's disappointing. Like it, it's yeah. it's mind blowing. No, I mean, I I'm sorry, I misspoke on Cooks's age. It's, he's 28, not 26. Um, I have bad handwriting, um, but. Yeah, that's what's kind of depressing at, at this point. Um, this season was a lost season in a lot of regards because they had to peel off so much bad salaries. Right. They had to get themselves into a position. They literally signed everybody and their brother because they were hoping to find some diamonds in the rough. Mm-hmm. Now, it's still the beginning of the season. I mean, as much as we want to be doom and gloom, there's guys that pop up on rosters that you don't expect and they can turn into key contributors year in year out. Now we don't have, there's, I wouldn't definitely agree that there's absolutely no transcendent player on the Texans. We just went from having, we just went from having players like JJ Watt, DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, just really just those guys are going to, both of those guys are going to the hall of fame, mm-hmm. like no doubt to, to this. So you go from losing with stars to now we're losing with blah. And it's it's gonna it's tough. And it's amazing to me how much better the Tyrod Taylor made this offense look. Yeah. So for me, that actually gives me a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. Unless Taylor just absolutely just reset himself and all of a sudden he is a top half of the half the league quarterback which i mean maybe he is sometimes sometimes that happens sometimes quarterbacks blossom later in their career but the other part of me says that maybe and this is where i'm trying to find some hope maybe just maybe that the texans when i don't even want to say when they plan because obviously they don't do a very good job of planning to be in the position we currently are in but there may be something that them being able to figure out things that are better than the sum of their the sum of their parts are better than you know the individual players. Mm-hmm. If you know they have the right type of player, like another mobile quarterback that can move things around. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to reach because I just I don't I don't understand why I do understand why, but I don't. <laughs> it's this it, it's this whole comment that. 
for a game and a half, especially the first half against the Browns. And the Browns have a very good defense. Yeah. Like our offense actually looked very functional. Right. Like Derek Casson, who I don't think has ever had anything positive to say about the Texans ever. And he's from Houston. So he's, you know, he's another one of these guys that he's he's right there and he he's surrounded by it. Um but he's been on our he's been on our pod a couple of years back. Um Never really had a whole lot of th- good things to say about existing Texans. Always about things in the future. Mm-hmm. He actually wrote a positive article about Tim Kelly's offense with Tyrod Taylor running it. And now it's just now it's just gone. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and you know, let's remember too that you have Pep Hamilton there, who you know, is, is capable of working with these quarterbacks, right? Was with Justin Herbert last year and, and did really well with it. And, you know, to go from, you know, being able to mentor that young quarterback to now where it's a quarterback that just looks lost out there. And, you know, like I said earlier, it's, you've got to know your weaknesses and you've got to be able to develop plays that are successful for you and asking Davis Mills to sit in the pocket and make three reads on a play and, and, you know, be able to read the defense and, you know, throw with, with timing and anticipation. He can't do it. And, you know, it it's at, at some point, you know, they've got to realize it, but at, at the same time, I don't know if a first year head coach, who has, you know, always been an assistant coach, not a coordinator, always an assistant coach, can figure that out. I, I really don't. I well, it's it's a similar problem to the Bill O'Brien Texans on offense. Right. Except now you don't have a cheat code. They can never make it easy on their quarterback. Like the yeah. easy throws weren't there, the easy reads weren't there. The, mm-hmm. the just get them those those timing throws, like get them in get them in rhythm. Like yeah. they could never ever do that. Didn't mm-hmm. matter which quarterback we ever had on this offense. Right. And that seems for a game and a half, it seemed like we had that fixed. Mm-hmm. And then there's been flashes for Davis Mills where like maybe maybe a drive or two, or maybe one drive. <laughs> where it seemed like they were able to do it. And then for it not to show up at all in Buffalo. And it's very easy to rip Davis Mills a new one. Like he did not play well. Yeah. But at the same time, the offense won didn't give him any time. We yep. couldn't run the ball to save our lives. Mm-hmm. And no receiver could create separation. Yeah. And they couldn't even do the uh, the easy routes, the you know, the that the pick routes that you're not supposed to run. They couldn't even do little things like that to separate right. off. Mm-hmm. Or they seem intent on not doing that. Yeah. Or bunch formations, just anything at all to get. There's a there's a definitely a, a lack of talent on the receiver position, but you know even little things to try and you know cheat what you can out of your talent. Like I don't know, that's just so head scratching. Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, it's it's crazy to think that, like this offense was. I mean, it's the the, the Texans' offense has probably been. I mean, I, I know it got ugly there at the end, but 
I mean, I think it was, you know, the, the best coaching that we've had on offense is probably under Gary Kubiak with, with Matt Schaub, right. And, and being able to run the bootleg and, 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 you know, play off of the, the zone run and, um, you know, just being able to, to move that ball down the field. And that didn't happen with Bill O'Brien. And, you know, I, I think he got saved by Deshaun Watson and, and being able to, you know, um, be spontaneous and, and, you know, develop plays on his own. But now that Deshaun Watson's gone and, and you have Tim Kelly running the offense, it's, it's bad. And it's, it's just inefficient and it's, something's got to give at this point. And I, I just don't see them staying, you know, status quo through the off season. I, I, I don't even know if you can, you know, keep if, if the team keeps playing like this, I don't know if he makes it through the season. Right. I mean, I, it's, it's crazy to think, but I mean, it's, there's got to be a fix for it, and you know they've they've got to be able to find the fix, and I just don't know if they can at this point. Well, I mean, I think the Tim Kelly staying on the staff part of it was a bone throw to Deshaun, and Deshaun yeah. didn't come back. Right. So Kelly has to go out there, and he has to prove himself, or he's he's definitely gone. Now, saying that, who else on? Do you think that the entire staff is safe to make it through the entire season? Like, what what do we think? The, what do we think of the Phil son? Do you, we think that he's going to have a shorter, a shorter hook than his, his father did? <laughs> I mean, at, at this point, I don't know if he knows. I don't know if he knows that they're playing football. <laughs> it, I mean, he's still in his office playing Xbox. Yeah, I mean, like he, he's got his little toy trucks that he's, you oh. know, playing around in his 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 train set. But it just, I mean, I I think Nick Casario understands it, but it's it's a matter of like the, you 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 got to find a fix, right? And and it, it it's clear that it's not David Coley, but. You know, at the same time, I don't think that Eric Bieniemy would have been able to win with this roster either. It, it, oh. it you know, um, and and I don't know if you can build a winning roster for next year. So, you know, I, like I alluded to earlier, I don't think it's a short term fix. I think it's a a long term problem that's you know going to take a long longer you know. Um, fix and and it's going to be a long time to rebuild the roster and so you know in that sense i i don't think that you david coley is a one-year head coach i think i think you bring him back and and you know maybe you just you know give give pep hamilton the the offensive play calling duties and and see what can happen but you know it's I mean, you, you got to find a fix somewhere, right? So I, the, the first thing that I would look for is for them to kind of experiment on the offensive line and see if there's something that they can move around to, to find, um, you know, better execution. I don't know if it's there on the roster now. Um, but, I mean, at this point, you got to try something.
Yeah, and then we're our, our practice squad is getting poached, and our offensive line looks like this. So that I mean that's that's just head scratching. Yeah. All right, um, we've been incredibly negative. Is there anything good that you you'd want to say about this existing Texans team? Is there anything good? Any positives? I think they've been playing better on defense versus last year, right? I mean, obviously you don't have the same level of talent, but they've like like you you said earlier, they're playing over their head. They're they're playing well. Um, you know, Lovey Smith has them has them doing well. Um, you know, I think when you look at the roster and you 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 know look at your expectations, I think they're meeting them or you know even exceeding them. Um, so you know, on that side of the ball, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's better. Um, I I think the Buffalo game is is hopefully a, a one off on defense. Um, I I think they're a better team than what they showed. Um, I mean, that's, I think that's the only positive at this point. Like, it, yeah. it, it can't be anything on offense. No, I mean, yeah, the, the defense, I will say that one of the biggest things Levy Smith has done is he's got about eight players on the defensive line that he's able to just rotate. Yeah. They're all slightly above average. I mm-hmm. wouldn't say that any of them, like, I know everybody, everybody wants Jacob Martin to be a thing. And I want him to be a thing. We all want him to be a thing. But let's be real. I mean, he's he's undersized, but he's an above-average pass rusher. And that's kind of like throughout the line. Merc, Merciless was he, – he's he's leading our team in sacks. So as, he's washed, but I guess with the rotation and, you know, having two defensive tackles, he, he's taking advantage of the opportunities he's getting. And I mean, Roy Lopez has been a happy surprise, but he's a rookie, and yeah. he, he's pro- he's got a he's got a he's got a ceiling. We'll see. Um, but yeah, that defensive line and the rotation they have for a six-round rookie, uh, Ryan. Yes, Roy Lopez is way better than a six-round, an average six-round rookie. I will say that. But for an for a starting defensive lineman in the NFL, he's above average, which. Is amazing for a six-round rookie. So make sure we get. I know everybody loves. I love Roy. We all love Roy Lopez. Like I'm not saying bad things about him. <laughs> um, but it's it's one of those things that I think that's probably been the biggest key to Lovey Smith is it makes the coverage look better. Um, just having that that rotation on the defensive line, and yeah. you know we'll take that. That's something. I don't know if there's any possible way, like even looking at other practice squads, like I don't even know if there's any way to get any sort of youth on the offensive side of the ball where it's needed. Um, uh, running back. <clears throat> right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even I looked earlier at um, potential free agents and it, it still just didn't look, I mean, first off, I don't know how many people are really wanting to come to Houston at this point. It's, I mean, it it's it's not desirable, right? But I mean, if if you look at it, there's there's really not many running backs that are going to be available. Um, so you, you know, you're you're waiting on one to get cut. Um, which I don't know if if you're in a better position at that point 
than than what you're in now. Um, I mean, even even you know on the offensive line, like it's it's Teron Armstead. I mean, do you want to pay Teron Armstead? Do you you know? I mean, it's. I mean, it's it's not a great year. I mean, <laughs> like it's it's just it's. I don't know. There's an easy fix, John. Oh, there's definitely not an easy fix. And and it's there's definitely not a. I I don't see Nick Casario being able to turn the roster around and finding a ton of improvement in one year. Oh, definitely not. It's more more in my mind. Is there anybody out there to get excited about watching? Like, is there anybody that's like, you know, you know, every year, some of these, uh, some of these dynasty fantasy players are much better at pointing these guys out than I am, but say like the one that's in chat, um, Puka Williams, Coach Puka Williams, uh, he was, he was, he was good at Kansas. I think that's why they love him. But you're always like, there's that, there's that guy that's buried on an undrafted that you just absolutely believe in. If he would only get an opportunity, right? Um, and just usually, I'm fairly good at it. But looking through the guys that are unprotect, unprotected currently, like there's no one that I. And this is this isn't realistic. This is just us kind of talking it out. It's like, what would we like to see at this point? Because the hole that Davis Mills is going to put the Texans in, and the and it, again, it's not all on Davis Mills. It's in the situation that he was put in. Yeah, but the situation, our quarterback situation with Tyrod Taylor hurt. I'll say it like that because there's some people that will still defend Davis Mills. With our current situation, we're going to be in too big of a hole by the time Tyrod comes back and gets healthy again. Yeah, for us to really have anything worth playing for. So at this point, just fanciful. It's like, what sort of moves? What type? What players would you like the Texans to either play that are currently on the roster, that it's like if we could just see a little bit more of them, or if there's a guy that we'd like to poach off a practice squad, and it's like that would be that'd be fun to watch. I I don't know if there's somebody on the practice squad at this point. Not um, on our squad. Of course not. <laughs> um, and and I don't know if there's anybody on another one that, that you'd be able to poach. I, I really think that you've got to look at the NFL draft and, you know, granted, I know it's, it's, it's not going to help you this year, but I, you know, like, like you just said, I think wash. And I think, you know, depending on, on when Tyrod Tyrod comes back that you're still, you're going to be so far down and so far behind the eight ball, even, even in a bad division, that I I don't know if you're going to be able to dig yourself out of that hole. Um, and so, you know, I mean, in, in terms of who you can get this year, I think you got to roll with what you have and just try to experiment on the offensive line and, and move some guys around and, 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 you know, maybe it's, it's moving, uh, you know, Titus Howard to, to right tackle or, or, or move them to left tackle, move Tunzel around, or you know whatever you need to do, and just try to try to create some running room, and just take some pressure off of you know Davis Mills or 
or Terod Taylor to to be able to make throws. And you know, I mean, we we've seen that from Taylor, right? He he's able to to get out of the pocket and 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 you know extend plays and, and make things happen downfield. Um, you know, when he, when he's not in the pocket, and and he's looked really really well with that. Um, Davis Mills, he's a pocket quarterback. And when, when you don't have a pocket to throw from, then, you know, and, and, and you can't make throws downfield, then a defense is just going to load the box and stop the run. And at this point, they've got to find a way to run the ball. And I, I don't think that you can do it. You know, I, I don't think that you can draft a player. Or I'm, I'm sorry, I don't think you can, you know, get a, anybody off the practice squad to, to come in and improve that offensive line whether it's, it's, you know, the offensive line or, or the running back. I, I don't know if you can get anybody to fix it now. Um, I mean, I, I think that's, I, I think that's the situation that they've put themselves in. No, and it's, it's kind of depressing. And it's almost one of those where at this point, it's not even necessarily improve the team. It's like, what could we get excited about watching? Like, yeah. why, why do we want to watch it on Sunday? I mean, right. this Sunday, the uh, the Patriots are a better defense than the Bills. So, I mean, their offense, I mean, Matt Jones isn't anything to write home about, but their defense is really good. I mean, their defense was able to confuse Tom Brady. Yeah. Who played with Belichick for 20 years. Right. Poor Davis Mills is going to have his little – brain melt out the side of his ears yeah and we'll be lucky if it's just that um so offensively like yeah it's going to be another it's going to be another it's, it's going to be another poor showing yeah so why why what is the incentive right now as fans for us to watch i don't know if there is one um <laughs> i mean me as an, an NFL draft guy, uh, I really want to watch Mac Jones again. Um, hopefully it's not in the rain. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know if there's anybody on the Texans I want to watch, right? I, I'm kind of interested to see what, what the defense can do uh, against, you know, that that the Patriots offense because um, they, they have been playing better. And, you know, I, I am curious to see if, if, you know, their performance against Buffalo was, was one off and, um, you know, I, I think they're better than, than what they showed. Um, that's kind of it, right? I mean, there's, there's not much more that, that is going to be fun to watch. All right. Well, I get get to the part that I guess everybody's always kind of curious about. Do you think that the Texans will move Deshaun Watson this season? I I think you have to. Um, when when you look at what's coming down the road, which is you know his deposition in February, um, uh, assuming that they they're not going to settle then it's, it's not going to be resolved quickly, right? And so the longer that he's on the roster, I think the less... Um, 
I, I, I just don't see them having any leverage the longer that he's on the roster as you get deeper into the season. Um, I mean, I, I wrote a piece for Houston Sports Report on, you know, whether it's a, a possibility to Philadelphia. And um, it doesn't look like it, it necessarily is, but y- you would have to think that that some team's going to want them. And, you know, obviously there's, there's you know, the, the cases held over, you know, his head and, you know, over every team right now. And um, if, if I were a general manager, I wouldn't touch them. But I'm not. And so, you know, Miami, you know, I think is is there to make a play for it. Um, so ultimately, I, I do think he's moved before, you know, the, the trade deadline. Um, it's a matter of, is is Houston willing to take less to to be able to improve the team? Um, you know now because I I don't know what that situation is going to look like after his deposition, right? No, and I think that at this point, it kind of just depends. Like, if you trade him now during the season, the value is automatically less. Yeah. Because there's uncertainty. You're making the team that he goes to better. There's a million different, different, or not a million, but there's, there's quite a few different reasons why trading him during the off, during the season doesn't make sense unless you get a, a, a good return that you're happy with. Yeah. Unless you are convinced that when he goes to his deposition that Deshaun's going to do jail time. If you think he's going to do jail time, then you lose your leverage because you're trading for this year. And, I mean, let's be honest, though. Like, if a team wants Deshaun to play for even half a season, like, that, that, that price is still pretty steep. Mm-hmm. Like you look at the type of players, like granted they were overpays, but Demetrius Summers was traded for a third. Uh, Muhammad Sanu was traded for a second round pick. Like these are teams that thought that these were missing pieces and they're going to go after. And these are smart teams too that made those. Well, we were right. a smart team, but the Patriots were right. going after Sanu. Um, they're they're paying more because they think that that's what they need. So if a team like the Dolphins really feels that they're a quarterback away at that point, they should be able to put together a pretty decent trade package for a one-year rental. Like that really shouldn't destroy the value of, of the package completely. Right. Well, and, and I mean, you look at that division and, you know, obviously, you know, New England's not, not what they were. Uh, you know, the bills are playing better, but you know, I, I, I think that it's, you know, I, I, I think with a quarterback they, that they can get better. Um, I, I don't think that they can wait very long to, to make that move. Um, if, if they do want to play for this year, but you know, then again, with Miami, it's not like they have a ton of capital move now. Um, I mean, you know, they, they have San Francisco's first round this year. Um, they don't have their own first round. Um, 
so you know it it's they have just as as you know i think many problems in 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 terms of the nfl draft is as we do um so can they put together a package that's you know enticing enough for nick casario to to say yeah um i don't know and i i think at this point the the texans front office has to have a real discussion about are are your expectations for for what you're wanting to get back too high right do do you move from saying that you want three firsts and you know a, a couple of seconds to maybe two firsts a second and a third right is is that is that you know enough to get it done um I mean, at, at this point, they're going to have a, a top 10 pick to, to be able to, to pick a quarterback. I don't think there's a quarterback I'd pick in the 2022 NFL draft at this point. But, I mean, at, at, but, but then, you know, what do you do, right? Who do you put at quarterback next year? You know, it's it's a situation that again, it just, it doesn't get better for them. And it's, it's something that they put themselves into and, and it's a, a, a hole that they dug and it just, you know, it, it feels like quicksand where it's just one thing after another goes wrong. And no matter what you do, like you just continue to sink. And I think that's what, at this point, the Texans organization is it their quicksand. Yeah. It's the amount of craziness that have just kind of happened around this whole situation is just unreal. Yeah. Absolutely unreal. Some of it is self-inflicted, like the roster being in this shape. Whomever decided to let Bill O'Brien have as much power as he did. Um, granted, it looks like Bill O'Brien's uh, draft class is gonna be better than then shoot why am i forgetting his name he was jim before uh o'brien um brian gain gain how did how did i forget that but i mean we've all brian gain except for akins and reed are now gone yeah. so it two bad gms in a row um well and again i mean this that's the problem when a head coach is always in a win now position, right? A, a head coach is never looking at building for the future and, you know, looking at long-term success versus, you know, short-term. Um, a general manager is, right? Uh, your front office is. So when, when you put a head coach in that position, you've got to have somebody there that's saying, no, Bill, that's a terrible idea. No, let's not send all these picks for a left tackle. Let's, let's not do that. Let's, let's come up with a better idea and let's, let's, you know, use those picks on players that can, you know, build this roster and, and, and keep this roster. And, you know, I mean, playing Monday morning quarterback, I think had they done that, I think he, he might still have a job. Um, but it it's, or at least a job in the NFL. How's that? Um, I mean, it's, it's terrifying terrifying in some regards but yeah he might he might still right 
Um, but you know, now looking at it, it's, it's, I mean, I, I just don't see what they can do. I mean, the, the 2022 class, even though it's still early, um, you don't have a quarterback that set themselves apart and, and it's like that, that guy that you can build around. Um, you know, I mean, you look at 2023, you may have Grayson McCall out of Coastal Carolina. Maybe. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, uh, I mean, there's, there's nobody that I think you can put on this roster that's going to improve it, you know, over, over what you have now. So do you, do you, you know, try and, and do something with Rod Taylor and, or, or, you know, do you, do you look at free agency and, and try to, to bring somebody in? Like it's, 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 that's not a decision I want to, you know, hinge my career on if I'm, if I'm Nick Casario or, you know, anybody in that front office. Yeah. And I mean, just to kind of go back to what you were saying about the pressure to trade Deshaun, I would also point out how hard it is to find a quarterback. Yeah. And right now, looking at what's going on in college, these next two seasons, just prospect wise, like no one's going to get their quarterback right. Whomever out of there, somebody, somebody is going to end up being a star. Like that's just, it, mm-hmm. it always happens. But we, no one knows who that is at this point. Right. And you got to remember Patrick Mahomes and, and Deshaun were not top five picks. And arguably, if they're both playing, they're, young quarterback one and two. Yeah. And they were essentially the Chiefs lucked into Mahomes. The Texans lucked in into Watson because everybody else missed. Trubisky was taken ahead of both of them. Yeah. Like it's such an inexact science, no matter what anybody tells you. And I honestly that's part of the reason why I think Deshaun will maintain value up until that deposition. And if he goes to jail, of course it's going to go that his his value is going to drop out, so I can I can understand Casario playing hardball. But no, I also do get it. It's like, do you trade Deshaun and get something when there's a very good chance that he, that you get nothing and he doesn't even play in the NFL anymore? But if he's under right. contract, I think that it it's the better play is to try and hang hang out and get fair compensation because you're going to need every single one of those picks. Like we're going to miss on another drafting another quarterback. Yeah, I mean. We may end up drafting another quarterback. Davis Mills may sit down for two years, and then all of a sudden he's Kirk Cousins, and he comes in and he plays better than whoever we draft. Like, this is how crazy it is trying to find a quarterback in the NFL. Crazier stories happen. So it's it's very hard to predict. That's part of the reason why we get to talk about this every week. All right. Well, we are coming up on an hour. Is there anything else you want to hit on like that, that we didn't really talk about? No. I mean, I think that's it. Um you know, I mean, I mean, there's a, there's a couple developmental quarterbacks in the NFL draft um, in, in in 2022 that I think you know have a, have a shot at making it. Um, I just don't know if the Texans would be in a different position with 
that quarterback on the roster versus what they have now, right? Like, for instance, Phil Jerkovic from Boston College. Um, love his arm, love what he can do. But I just don't know if if that's an improvement over, you know, uh, you know, Mills with some experience. And it's just, you know, it it it's really going to depend on what draft pick they they end up with, and what you know what what players on the board. Um, but I, I really anticipate them going defense with that first pick and and just trying to you know, find somebody on that, that defensive front that's that's going to change the game and, um, you know, maybe not be on the same level as, as what J.J. Watt was, but, you know, at least bring you, you know, some, some you know, improvement and um, an upgrade in talent um, and, and hopefully somebody that you can build around because I think that's really what they need now is, is talent they can build around. Yeah. They need to get as many picks as they can, right? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It only takes one solid draft. But do you know how lucky you have to get? (laughs) All these guys get all these credits for having these quick turnarounds on teams. They literally lucked out because they aren't able to repeat it year in and year out. Well, and, you know, even even going along that, it, it might be in their best interest to trade down. Yeah. Right. And and see what you can get if if you have a top five, top seven pick. Um well, you know. For years that's what Seattle and New England did. They admitted that it was every draft pick was a flip of the coin. Yeah. Like everyone had a 50-50 chance of working out for value. Right. So their idea wasn't that you try and get higher draft picks. Your their plan was to get more draft picks. Yeah. And which was crazy because New England also would have more veterans on their team and they would have these huge draft classes. Right. So that was the mentality that I'm hoping Casario actually brought in. It's like, yeah, you have all these vets and you just draft a ton of rookies and it legitimately is competition to see what guys can actually play. But we'll see. I mean, it's, it's too early to tell. And I'm hoping that this weekend we get a nice surprise. We're very competitive with the New England, with New England. Mill shows us something and we get to have a show next week where we're all happy and we can be positive and hopeful again. Because we're, we're not going for a, for a team that's, that's a Super Bowl contender. We're just going for a team that we're digging anywhere for just a little bit of hope and a little bit of reason to watch them. Yeah. Just improvement. That's what I'm looking for. Just on, on both sides of the ball. Uh, just, just find something that you can build on and just put you know Davis Mills in a position to be successful and, you know, on, on the defense continue to, to get turnovers and continue to, you know, play, play a solid level of defense. Like, you know, what they, what they, you know, were playing and played early in, in, in the Buffalo game. You know, I, I I went back and watched it today and, you know, Buffalo made enough mistakes to, you know, to, to, to let Houston get back in the game and they just couldn't capitalize off of it. Right, whether it's the the early uh, interception or you know the the three and outs or you know it's it's they gave them plenty of opportunity and and couldn't capitalize off of it. So that's that's where I I really want to see them improve. Um, I I just don't know if you can do that with the Patriots, who you know are are always one of the the better coached teams in the NFL. 
I would definitely. Um, last question, because it was a little bit of a thing on Twitter before the game went to, it just went horrible. If you're David Cully, do you take the three points or do you go for it? I'm I'm putting points on the board, right? I mean, I think I'm putting the points on the board when it when it comes down to it. You know what? I completely disagree with that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, technically go for you go for go for seven, especially when it's fourth down and less than five. And I believe that that was the right call. It just didn't work out. You got to go for it. Like you, and the flip side of that is they're starting off with very bad field position. The defense should be able to at least keep them pinned back. So I actually think it's the right thing, but I mean, I get why the set people say go for the points. Like, Honestly, if we had lost 40 to three, we would have probably not necessarily been happier, but a little less embarrassed. But I, I do get it. I just, I, I don't think the Cully made the wrong call on it. Like you don't, even with the way everything worked out, like I think that was the right call. I'm, I'm a momentum guy, right? You find something to build on and, and you just continue. And it's, it's just like at the start of the game, you know, when when you're when you're scripting your first ten plays of of the game, you know find find ten plays that are successful for you, right? Get get some completions, get some move the ball, get get some build some confidence. Um, I I think I think putting points on the board would have at least done some of that for you too. Because mm, fair point. I mean, you know, you 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 got down there. Um, not. Not well, but you know, you, you got down there. So, uh, fair point. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you so much. Thank you, especially on short notice. Um, just let everybody know um, where to find you one more time. Yeah, again, it's uh, NFLDraftLounge.com, HoustonSportsReport.com, um, on Twitter at Brian Lamb underscore ISN. All right, Brian. Great conversation. Really appreciate you. One more time. Thank you all to everybody in chat. Um, I know James put out the message that he wasn't showing up, so I think most people took that as the show wasn't going to be on tonight. <laughs> but those of you that still showed up, thank you all so much. It means the world to me. And hopefully, hopefully we'll have a much better conversation next week because this game will actually be worth watching. <laughs> but until then, we will. See I hope everybody takes care and we will see you then.